Also, if you hear a different laughter in the room, it's because we have a guest today. <laughs> we'll introduce her. Uh, so her name is Lexi Riesenberg, and she goes by Lexi Reese. Uh, she's a musician and also a student at NYU and also a dear friend and ally. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Do you want to say something to the people? Um, I'm super excited to be here. We've been talking about doing this. For, like, a very long time. Yes. And I'm really excited that we're doing it. Yeah. It's good to have another body in the room. In the space. Yes. Yeah. We were just talking about how it kind of changes dynamics to have another body in the room. But it's yeah. in a good way. In the healthy yeah. way. I feel like it makes it a step up our game a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because a lot of the times it's just Audrey and I kind of staring just at ourselves. Rambling. Rambling. Yeah. Um, well... First, before we start with Lexi and our topic of the day, mm-hmm. we wanted to give some updates. Yeah. I know we kind of um, started talking about our Halloween costumes last time, <laughs> and they're still inconclusive. It's oh, still no. in, up for debate. Very up for debate, because mostly because we want to do a group costume, yet we can't get agree on something because <laughs> it's four of us. Yeah. Um, but as of now, Audrey's really pushing for this one idea. I think you should share. I think we should go as the Jonas Brothers, circa yes. like 2007. Exactly. Plus, like the good but time. but <laughs> Nicole might be Sophie Turner. Yes. So that kind of adds in. That complicates I, you know, things. That complicates <laughs> it. Who is now Joe Jonas's fiance? fiance. Um, this is a little think, bit of current news because yeah. we never talk about pop culture oh. here. But um, <laughs> a, little, <laughs> a little news segment. Yeah. Well, I really, it's my lifelong dream to be Joe Jonas. Mm. I think I look like him. You I think do the <laughs> hair. Like, the I really I see it. Right? Hair. Yeah. We both have good eyebrows. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, not that I look anything like him, but he was my, like, I had a full-blown poster of him on my bedside when I was, like, 12. That's so, important. Yeah. And I also was my first concert, the Jonas Brothers. Oh, wow. It was? I'm not ashamed. Did I ever tell you he fell on, like, me and my friends at a concert? What? Who, what? Joe? Oh, at the DNCE concert. Yes. Oh, I hate how this makes a sound, talking about this. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I stopped weird. following, but I was, like, yeah. an avid Jonas Brothers fan, yeah. Anyway, so we were thinking yeah. that Audrey would be Nick, obviously. I would oh, be. So we the Wait, obviously? Oh, we the okay. Birthday, and I think Nick is the best. Yeah, well, there's okay, been I ample agree. debates. I agree. Have debates. I second that. Thank you. He's the most He's talented. The most talented. No! <laughs> Joe is clearly the most talented. Joe sings, sort of, and Dumb plays yeah. the tambourine. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like, Nick was pretty crappy in the beginning. But, but like he so came so songs. far, and he plays yeah. the drums and guitar <laughs> and sings. And Who he was on Broadway. Okay, well, I don't yeah. agree with any of these statements. I think Nick is too 
and he um, young. He is also cute. He was the power child. Well, if we're talking about looks, Joe is clearly <laughs> the handsomest, but I don't know. Ooh, anyway, and then there's Kevin, debatable. who, like, poor guy, he's get, he gets a poor lot of guy. critique. I feel like he is not I included think he's as funny. Much. I think he's the funniest I think of the he's, like, the dad one, which I'm, <laughs> like, not opposed to, no, you know? Everyone needs a dad character yeah. in their group. Anyway, that would be Claire, so that we didn't have anyone for... <laughs> Nicole to be. I love that tradition. But Claire is hesitant to be Kevin. Yeah. Why? She just thinks that Kevin is just miscellaneous. <laughs> and there's also the bonus Jonas. Anyway, I feel oh, like wait. we should stop talking about the Jonas Brothers now. I think it's now. funny. I like it. I think, it's, I think our <laughs> listeners are going to find it charming and mm-hmm. unique. Yeah, endearing. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I. Right. You know how when when our parents talk about like the Beach Boys or whatever, or what's it? The Beach the Brothers. Yeah, that's a good example. The Beach Brothers. No, the Beach Boys. They are the, the be- there, there are, are the Beach and Boys. There are the yeah. Beastie Boys. There's and there are the Beastie Boys. boys. Like the Jonas Brothers are going to be the Beastie Boys of our generation. I'm not yeah. sure about that. Well, but the Beastie Boys <laughs> weren't like critically acclaimed, is what I'm trying to say. Like, weren't they? I I really no, truly they were don't just know. not too like the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Okay, but we'll but see. with history and with time, things yeah. get inscribed into tell. like they get more. Mm-hmm. You know, they I are suppose. like telling of the times. Yeah. Right. No one, no one liked Elvis at first. All the older exactly. people were like, hmm. "Rock and roll." Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's a direct no. quote. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. I'll, should I music? Speaking of music. Oh my gosh, what a great song. <laughs> we Lexi play. is oh, yeah. a singer-songwriter, and she's actually going to yes. perform one of her original songs, which, well, we'll let her play it first and talk about it as okay. well, and the process of writing the song, and kind of like the message that you were trying to oh, convey, like and that. then we're going to segue into a very interesting conversation about, yeah. that relates to the song, which we'll get into okay. later. Um, so... So yeah, do you want to talk about the song first, what it's called, and what it's about? Okay, sure. Okay, so the song is called Future's Never Been Mine, (laughs) which I guess is like maybe a little self-explanatory. It's basically like about not knowing what's going to happen in the future and like that being okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, because I think I tend to worry about that a lot, Mm -hmm. and I realize that I shouldn't. Because there's only so much that I can control. Oh, very true. <laughs> Would you say it's that that is something that you've come to realize more recently, or? I would say I'm still working on it. Like I was thinking about this walking over here. Like I was like so stressed out today, and like I just like keep thinking about all these things I have to do, and like what is gonna happen, blah blah blah. Like. I am not there yet. Like, I cannot completely let go of the future. But, like, that's why this song, I think, is a good thing for me because every time I sing it, it's, like, a reminder to myself because I'm definitely, like, when I sing it, I believe it, but then walk out of the room, like, maybe not so much. And how long have you been writing songs for? I started writing songs um, senior year of of high school when I decided to take a songwriting class instead oh. of AP history. <laughs> so I was like... Well, that yeah. you turned out fine without Thank taking you. AP. I agree. I don't remember a lot of what I learned in AP anyway. <laughs> yeah. You remember Me what neither. the tests were like. Like, I can tell you all about a DBQ. 
Oh yeah, but I didn't I actually tell I didn't you take about any AP oh, tests. So I don't know. the War of eighteen twelve. Oh my god, that's a throwback. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so you took um, a writing class, a songwriting yeah. class in high school. That's yeah. really cool that your school offered. I that. know, right? Yeah. It was really cool. Cool for yeah. your arts programming. <laughs> public high schools. Oh, it was it was private. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. Well, still cool. that's okay. Yeah, still it's good. a good yeah. model. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, and we'll go into the song. Okay. Last night I cried till 4 a.m. Cause I don't know where I will spend the next year of my life. And that scares me inside. Then I got upset when both my friends didn't meet my expectations. So I sat down. Tried to work it out And I realized that I am strong That I am strong I tell myself Got to push on and I'll be fine The future's never been mine The future's never been mine I wipe away tears, forget broken plans Cause not everything ends as it began So we start again Tighten loose ends And every next step that I've got to take I'll never know if it's the right way And it's alright I have faith and I realize that I am strong, that I am strong. I tell myself, got to push on and I'll be fine. The future's never been mine. The future's never been mine. I want to wake up with you beside me, but it's not that easy. It's not that easy. And I want to hold you until I can't breathe, but I play hide and seek. I play hide and seek. I spend so many nights alone. I get addicted to my phone, wondering if he's going to text. I should check and I despise how much I care when I feel like it's going nowhere But I think that maybe I'm wrong and I could go on and on and on and on On and on, on and on But I realize that I am strong, that I am strong I tell myself Got to push on and I'll be fine The future's never been mine The future's never been mine The future's never been mine <laughs> <laughs>
was so good. <laughs> yes. It was wonderful. Uh, I always get chills when I hear you sing. Oh, thank you. Um, wow. And, well, people don't know this, but I, like, Lexi and I were having coffee a few weeks ago, and she was telling me about the song she was writing. Yeah. And it was missing, like, the oh bridge God. and, like, the second verse or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is my first time, like, listening to the full thing. And it, it ended up so good. Mm-hmm. I love the bridge. Or the, what's it? Thanks. The, yeah. 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 That's the bridge, right? mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Oh. Thank you. Any thoughts, Audrey? I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's so nice to just, there's something about just being in, like, really close proximity to someone who is singing. That's mm-hmm. just, like, very... I feel that. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. not therapeutic, but almost, well, like, a, but, like, a very intimate connection. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. people are, like, opening themselves up. Did you know that when people yeah. sing together, their, like, heartbeats sync yeah, That's we have so we have beautiful. mentioned this in, on Murder Weather before. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm gonna tell my acapella group that tonight. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's we were, we made, we That's did an episode beautiful. on like the benefits of of singing, mm-hmm. or we talked about that in an episode. Yeah. And yeah, that was one of there's the things. There's a lot of there's so huh. much. Uh, cool. Just makes me so happy. Okay, so oh my god, so from my interpretation, yeah. the main message that you're talking about in your song, yeah, is that there needs to be a comfort in being uncomfortable about not knowing what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that comfort to you in the song comes through reinforcing and reminding yourself that you are going to be fine and that you are strong and powerful and whatever comes, yeah, you are your strength and your power will help you overcome. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, which yeah. I think is great. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we were taught last episode, Audrey and I were sharing to everyone how we felt about it being our last year of college oh my and gosh, how scary yeah. that is. Yeah. And the trouble that we were facing kind yeah. of stepping into this environment and knowing that there's a lot that we're not going to know for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So this song kind of like f- fits perfectly with what we were thinking. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> Was and there something in like particular that drove you to want to write a song like this or was it just a sort of general feeling yes yes for sure okay so as you listeners probably already know if you've been keeping up with murder weather (laughs) um maritza was in buenos aires for the semester last semester and i was there as well um and we both came back over the summer and for me, at least, it was, like, it was, a, like, probably, like, the hardest transition I've ever had in my life, to be mm-hmm. quite honest with you. Because I went from living with a family and a roommate um, and, like, having this very tight-knit small community to being back in New York City all of a sudden, like, living on my own for the first time. And more than that, not knowing where I was going to be living next <laughs> following the summer, because I was only subletting for the summer. Um, and long story short, I wasn't going to be living with my past roommates anymore, who I love very much. Um, and so I was just like, there's so many things that I was like unsure about. And I was so, so stressed out about it. Um, it was, I don't know why, but it was harder for me coming back from Argentina than it was going to college in the first place. Yeah, I relate to that. And I don't know what why or what but it was a very interesting process for me too and Mm -hmm. for a lot of the people that I've been talking to 
um, that were there with us. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I mean, maybe it speaks to how magical of an experience it was for all of us. <laughs> because it was. But, you know. Yeah, so you so you kind of took that feeling from yeah. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to say I haven't felt that way other times in my life, obviously. Like, as you guys were saying, it applies to a lot of different situations. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the end of college, the beginning of college, literally whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about this fear. Um, And within that, we also wanted to bring up moments of of rejection. Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot of times, those Mm -hmm. two are very linked. Mm -hmm. And in our kind of latest moments, we've talked, we've had to deal with a lot of that uncertainty of if we're going to be accepted or rejected for something. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then doing or not doing things out of fear of just like... Mm -hmm. (laughs) that you know the result whatever Uh it may be Uh um so we wanted to go into that a little bit i mean if anyone has stories they want to share uh about specific moments where they you know maybe didn't do something because of fear or where they you went ahead and did it anyway and then you were confronted Mm -hmm. with a result that you weren't expecting Mm -hmm. either way right Mm -hmm. um or something like that. I've I mean. never experienced anything like that in my life. <laughs> I don't believe you. Um, no, I have a, a few very uh, telling examples. I think you should share. Shall I share? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, the biggest thing for me, um, and sort of like now sort of the biggest regret of my life, although I also recognize the good that has come out of this, is that um, I don't know. Some of you may know that I am a drama major, but I like transferred into the Tisch drama program essentially like two years late. So um, instead of starting right when I came in to NYU, I started like my junior year as a first year like drama student. Um, but my reason for that is because I it was something I had wanted to do starting like my junior or senior year of high school I like knew that I wanted to audition for the drama program but mm-hmm. I had this like huge overwhelming fear that I just wouldn't get in who hasn't ever felt <laughs> like that before yeah. oh yeah and um was so desperate just to go to NYU and be in New York that I um decided not to even audition um and then, like, regretted it and sort of just pushed my, like, passion and what I really wanted to be doing away, thinking that it might just go away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It did not. But, <laughs> um, and so then I spent essentially, like, a year, two years being, like, a lot less happy mm-hmm. than I could have been. Plus, on top of that, I didn't tell anyone that that's what I wanted to do. Like, I didn't even tell I had my no mom. idea. Yeah, but, I mean, my mom didn't know, mm-hmm. like, ev- for years, no one knew that that's really, and it was, like, it was so hard to keep yeah. that inside of me, and then one of the most, like, freeing moments of my life was when <laughs> I just told someone that that's what I wanted, mm-hmm. and it made it so much more concrete. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's just my story, and then since making that change, I feel like I've changed so much as a person Mm -hmm. I feel like all my relationships with my friends and family is are so much better because I feel like I'm a better person and I can be more honest and like vulnerable with people Mm -hmm. it just it's influenced 
so many different aspects of my life and like keeping that fear of rejection inside of me mm-hmm. just wore me down yeah it's exhausting yeah and there's also like when you were talking about you knowing since since high school that you wanted to go into drama and then thinking that or or uh, saying that you were desperate to go to NYU and be in New York, that you didn't want to risk it, mm-hmm. um, to me reminds me of like a fear that comes up for me a lot. It's n- knowing what I want yeah. and knowing what I want to do and knowing what I need to do to get to what I want to do, and then almost not like not go- jumping off the ledge because I w- I'm afraid of someone saying no, you're not good at yeah. this, and then rejecting everything that I wanted to do and, like, confirming that I was not meant to do all this. Yeah. You know? It's, like, like f- the fear that you're not good enough. Yeah. Which makes... Which is perfect. That just goes to show how much you're invested in what you want to do or in your dreams or whatever. Yeah. Because, you know, you care so much that you're good enough for the standard of whatever institution needs to approve you before you can do it. You know? Mm-hmm. And... Of course, it depends on what you want to do, where you want to go. Like, if you're a pre-med student and you're applying to med school, if you're a pre-law student and you're applying to law school, or if you're, um, I don't know, not in any academic setting, but you just have to be approved for something. Things, obviously, like, the requirements and the standards change, and people have found ways to not go through those hoops, like, jump through those hoops to get to where they what they want to do or whatever, which is fine, but the way we wanted to do things we're you know required that acceptance from yeah. a bigger thing that we had no control over mm-hmm. um which is scary to say to, to know that someone can just turn you down yeah and, and and i understand like not wanting to do it just so they you don't get that official confirmation that you're not yeah. approved you right. know but i feel like so many different people can tell you that you can't do things mm-hmm. without it's necessarily so being the ultimate. Like, who is the... No one is the ultimate authority on, like, anything. Of course. Like. Right. No. You know? Yeah. Accept yourself. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Which is, like, the whole thing of, like, letting it go at some point. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it's just, like, you you can only do so much, you know? Mm-hmm. But I do... I do... I mean, while no one is the ultimate authority, I do think that you know sometimes some sort of forms of acceptance are necessary to do the things you want to do especially oh, if you yeah. want to do them a certain way yes you know? um, like for us like I guess for me mm-hmm. like a degree like if I was rejected to whatever right. like mm-hmm. I couldn't have done right. you know right. so those kind of things so you know the mm-hmm. confrontation with the authority is almost inevitable to some degree oh, yeah. which is what we fear <laughs> yeah. but you have to do it anyway confrontation with authority mm-hmm. yeah Well, I've been reading this book that I want to bring up right now. Um, it's called Kindling, Writings on the Body by Aurora Levins Morales. And she is um, this Puerto Rican, uh, f- you know, known feminist writer. She um, was born in rural Puerto Rico uh, in, like, in the 50s, I think. Mm-hmm. And she writes a lot about living with pain and chronic illness because she has a lot of... Um, She's epileptic, and then she also has some, you know, like, she has a lot of different sort of illnesses that she has had to live with, and she wrote this book about kind of enduring pain and living with it, Mm -hmm. and a lot of it has to do, this might not seem like it relates very clearly, but a lot of it has to do with um, 
epigenetics. Have you guys heard of that? It's like um, basically how certain um, like trauma lives like genetically in you. Oh, you know. Oh, that's not what I was thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, so it's like, for example, if you're, if you're. If you lived through, like, a famine of mm-hmm. sorts and, like, that mm-hmm. had certain thing like things in your body and then you have kids and then even though they didn't live through that famine, they would still have some of the illnesses related to that. So certain forms of trauma kind of, like, pa- are passed down mm-hmm. through genetics, which is interesting. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you how this relates, sort of. Um, a lot of her... She writes, like, poetry and also just creative pieces dealing with this, but also she writes some more like medical essays but anyway a lot of it is dealing with um kind of knowing what the future holds because of all these lineages that you're carrying with you and being scared of that because you kind of know what you what to expect but at the same time she uses this thing where she kind of like sets out to rewrite and re-narrate what the future holds for her in ways that are going to make it easier you know what I mean? So this sort of exercising control where you don't have it and where when we're talking about uncertainty and we're talking about not knowing what's going to happen to us, what can you do to exercise your agency within constraint? Mm-hmm. You know, like that's really interesting to me. Um, and anyway, she also talks a lot about fear and how she makes some connections to utopia or like the perfect world being a place where no one has to fear anything. Um, which is really beautiful because fear is something that obviously stops you from doing things. And and in a world where no one fears anything, which obviously is a controversial claim because fear is kind of like what the the foundation of discipline and right. institutions and, mm-hmm. and law. Um, but, you know, in a, in a world where no one fears each other or, or those institutions or those laws or those um, bigger powers kind of restricting you uh, what can happen and what is you know and there's this uh, really nice quote that I want to read that um, and it's one of her creative pieces that she that is included in the book and it's called take back and she says um, walk out tonight into the streets with all their steps besides yours feel the ground tremble walk out tonight chanting and hear the voices of women in Colombia Thailand Arakaria Nigeria Albania, Brazil, Ireland, Iraq, Diné. Lean forward, feet on the ground, and push. We are turning the world out of prehistory into that morning that will be ours when everyone on earth will wake up unafraid. Um, but going back to that, what I was saying about taking control where you don't have it and kind of how do you do that um, to deal with the uncertainty of the future, um, I was talking to one of my friends and we were talking a lot about how oh I have no idea where I'm gonna go like there's so many options so many possibilities and she said this thing that can sound negative when you say it but gave me a lot of comfort like she was like inevitably you've closed a lot of doors already like as you move forward you're closing doors kind of forging a path for yourself based on where you've been before and it has a lot to do not directly with epigenetics but the concept of epigenetics that there's a lot that has, has happened before that will influence where you will end up. Um, so I wanted to kind of, like, ask you guys what you think about that about that idea of we're not, like, a pin that's been dropped in the middle of nowhere. You know, we carry lineages and histories and decisions that we've made that ca- have kind of started before and f- from our birth. 
and invariably we've closed doors as we go, you know, not necessarily negative ways, but we have defined, I guess you could say, our paths as we've been growing. So for me now, like what I've been kind of working with a lot is developing a self-confidence for that path that already has kind of been forged by me, you know, as I've mm-hmm. gone. Because it's hard to like claim all these things and say, oh, it's, you know, everything that I've done so far is great. But, you know, it's hard to own up to that and own up to your path that you've made for yourself. Mm -hmm. And caveat, we are, like, 21. You know, we are super young. (laughs) Like, it doesn't mean that everything that's happened, like, will determine everything in the future. But it does. It does have some significance. What do you think? Your choices impact your life. And I think just because you, I mean, I I agree with the idea that we close doors kind of as we move forward. I think that's an inevitable part of just the way time works and life right. life works mm-hmm. um but i think that that doesn't necessarily just because you close doors doesn't necessarily mean that you can't open new ones or even reopen old ones mm-hmm. but maybe not in the That's exact same idea. way right um yeah. yeah i mean i think the idea of like closing doors all goes back to like like okay let's say you have a job that you hate right at least you know now that's not what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes we have the situations in our lives where we purposely want to close a door, and that helps us, like you were saying, to open other doors, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's important to kind of keep on good terms with the decisions that you have made. Not necessarily agreeing or being happy that you made them, but knowing that you... Yeah. You made those decisions and you can't undo that. Mm-hmm. And you have to somehow just find a way to move forward uh-huh. from that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, that's, I like that you bring that up of like uh, agreeing or what you say, um, accepting that you made those decisions and mm-hmm. that they can't be undone. That sort of like brings up like self responsibility and accountability, mm-hmm. which is something that I feel a lot of our generation struggles with like accountability is thrown all around the place like I didn't do something the government I didn't do something that my my how I grew up I didn't do something the resources I didn't get and which is like I totally understand that because we don't start off any of us we don't start off in the same playing field right yeah. like and we none of our have... choices or things we have to do in our life are done in a vacuum exactly everything we are we come into this world, we come into the debate with all of these other considerations that we had no say over, right? Right. Which, like, yeah. I get it. But also, I I don't just want it, to... It's a struggle for me to just drop it at that. Like, okay, we, we you know, I didn't have this resource, so it did, you know, I wasn't able to decide or whatever, and therefore I have no accountability on anything that I do. Like still saying yes, these were the conditions that I was that I started in, mm-hmm. and now these this is how I exercise my agency within the constraint. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that brings up like self accountability be- because um, there's a lot of accepting that has to happen in order to like make a future. You know, like yeah. you need to accept who you are, yeah. who what you've done so far, right. how those things are going to contribute. Along those same lines. I think that's, like, part of the reason why, like, I say I don't live with regrets Mm -hmm. because, to me, like, how could I regret something that was a decision that I made based on who I was in that moment? Mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't have the knowledge that future me 
now has to be able to say that that was a bad decision in that past moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like take everything as lesson learned. Okay, maybe it wasn't a positive ex- experience, yeah. but it was a lesson learned. Move on. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I think it's very easy to get stuck in in regret and in beating yourself up about things yeah. that you now can't change. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of also a mechanism for not doing things. Yeah. No, I lived in that for a long time. Yeah, so do I. I mean, I do it every day. And it, it <laughs> didn't get anything done. It wasn't productive. Yeah. And, I mean, that's not to say, like, grieving certain things or mourning the loss of things is, you know, not a good thing to do or important, but... No, it's right. even in the song, Lexi, you say that you need to kind of break first and then move on. Like, you have to, like, mm-hmm. realize something, mourn in it, dwell on it, and then move yeah. on. Yeah. Like, that's sort of something that needs to happen. But the important the important shift mm. is, like, all right, let's get to work afterwards. Sure. I yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Swerve. <laughs> um, I was just gonna. I don't remember exactly what brought me to this point, but I obviously have a Harry Potter quote <laughs> or two. I actually have another one besides oh, what's on here to share because everything relates back to Harry Potter. Debatably. Those who know it, I find a way. Um, <laughs> so the one that you reminded me of earlier, Maritza. Mm-hmm was something, I'm going to just paraphrase it because I don't know it exactly, but it's like, um, it is our choices that determine who we are far more than our abilities. Mm. Oh. So it's the the things we do and what Mm -hmm. we do with what we're given that shape who you are. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And another one is, this is from Order of the Phoenix. Ooh. We cannot choose our fate, but we can choose others. Be careful in knowing that. And for me, that just, mm. I don't know. That contradicts some of what we've been talking about, but also it's an interesting perspective. Well, you can't choose your fate, but I think you can choose... It's sort of I guess the idea of fate versus free will, but I think you can't necessarily choose the outcome, mm-hmm. but you can choose the people you surround yourself with to a certain extent or the mm-hmm. people you spend your most time with, you can choose um, how you treat those people. And I think that's what that reminded me of. Yeah. And also you mm-hmm. can choose where, like, what avenues you choose to, mm-hmm. like, let your fate pan out in, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, just the fact that we chose to be here and not there or that other people choose to be there and not here mm-hmm. is, is very telling of what path they their life courses are going to take yeah and for me it's just a comforting to kind of think of choosing others community yeah and the reasons you do things Mm -hmm. and choosing connection over i don't know disconnect i guess yeah it's, like it's different. I'm, I feel it in my heart more through, like, thinking about Harry Potter, which obviously <laughs> does not know. So. I don't really either. I'm uh, working on it. I'm s- Audrey gifted me the first um, book of Harry Potter for Christmas, last Christmas, so mm-hmm. it's on my shelf. It's going to happen. <laughs> Perhaps winter break. I just thought I would maybe it as, like, a gentle, a gentle <laughs> reminder. Yeah. You know, it's there for whenever you need it. There you go. Okay, so, well, thanks for the conversation. It's been so nice. Um, before we close, we want to invite Lexi to sing another song, yes. if, she, if she so wishes. Um, 
And yeah, this doesn't have to do with <laughs> yeah. like, fear of rejection well, necessarily. It, it or, does. Oh, well, great. That's great. <laughs> What's what type of fear of rejection is this dealing with? Um, this is being rejected by somebody you like more oh. than just a friend. So romantic well, rejection. Well, it could be. It could be about that, I think. Yeah, yeah we didn't really talk about romantic rejection or, like, social rejection, but that's, I'm sure, that's a, a big thing. a big part of, of like, fear of rejection. I mean, mm-hmm. at least in my life, too. For me, it's just, like, rejection from people. Yeah, like, and it comes down yeah. to the same concept of being afraid of being rejected, so not going out and reaching out to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as Audrey says, or through Harry Potter... You can choose others, others. so choose. Yeah. yeah. To Be interact. careful in knowing that. <laughs> yeah. I also think it was Dumbledore who said that, so that just... Anyway. <laughs> okay. Now. Okay. Do I you w- want to talk about the song? I Yeah, I mm-hmm. will say that the song is not expressly about rejection, it's like, lyrically. It's about asking someone if they are also into you, but the fact that I wrote the song... <laughs> expresses my fear of rejection because mm-hmm. I wrote this song because I wanted this is what I wanted to say but I never said mm. you know what I mean yeah so the song was like well, my you're way of saying avoiding it now, rejection so at yeah. this person <laughs> <laughs> let's say his name I'm just kidding What's oh no, well, no, we've no. identified a gender this, is, <laughs> this narrows it down to have the population yeah <laughs> there you go alright this is inner okay <laughs> I need to know baby if you feel the same as I do I don't have a night, babe Just to tell me that you don't have a clue Is this for real? Is this for fake? I need to know Is this ideal? Is this our fate? I wanna know Cause I hope you get that feeling That's just all I'm saying Better make up your mind, speak now Cause I'm so through with waiting Done with conversation Are you in the That I'm not just your boo Cause I'm still my own person Baby, take a step back If you think you're about to become a man I'ma make my own money So I'm not just your honey It's sweeter when you play your own hand But I hope you get that feeling That's just how I'm saying Better make up 
So I guess we'll end it here. Yeah, can't really say anything after that. No. Yeah, I don't want to follow that. Yeah. P.S. That was an abridged version. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh yes, which reminds me, we will link all of Lexi's info yes. onto this Woo! episode, uh, so you can follow Thanks, what she's up to, new music coming out, mm-hmm. her videos, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will do that, and we will see you soon. Yeah. Or be in your ears again. Yes, we shall be in your ears again. <laughs> <laughs> Till Til then. Til <laughs>